On today's Locked On Texan podcast, more takeaways and team notes for the Houston Texans. Revisiting the TQ getting more snaps after Brevin Jordan's healthy scratch and whether or not the Houston Texans need some spring cleaning in the fall. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prospects.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis here to discuss the Houston Texans. Before we dive into our first topic, do want to let you guys know a couple of things. First, the Houston Texans and Justin Britt agreed to a reduced base salary rate while he is on the NFI, generating nearly $1 million in cap savings for the 2022 season. Quarterback Davis Mills in the fourth quarter has thrown five interceptions, tied for most in the NFL with Steelers rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett. Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil only allowed a combined one pressure against the New York Giants. I know Davis Mills had a rough day, right? And that's because a total of 12 pressures was allowed by Scott Quisenberry, the center, Kenyon Green, the rookie left guard, A.J. Can, the veteran right guard. Dexter Lawrence, who, you know, he was a game record for the New York Giants. He registered one sack and five QB hits on Sunday. The Texans offense in the fourth quarter, well, they have led or had a tied game going into the fourth quarter four times, averages 3.3 points per fourth quarter so far. That is a huge issue. Notable snap count numbers, Nico Collins in his return, played in 78% of the offensive plays. Brandon Cooks, in his return, played in 64%. Chris Moore, 53%. Dorsett, 42%. O.J. Howard and Jordan Aikens both featured in 52% of the offensive drives. Rookie tight end, Tegan Quintoriano, TQ, featured in 42% of the offensive plays, which is an increase from 30 a week ago versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Brevin Jordan was a healthy scratch versus the New York Giants. We talked about the young man in TQ, in TQ excuse me, getting more opportunities, and the coaching staff did just that. This young man helps tremendously as a run blocker, and I think we'll continue to see him earn reps. And there you go. You know, and this goes back to something that you and I talked about on last week's show after TQ made his um, NFL debut against the Eagles. And you saw, as we mentioned, majority of his snaps came during the first half. And what did we all talk about? How good the Houston Texans offense looked in that first half. And when John, when I got news that Brevin Jordan was a healthy scratch, you know, it just showcased once again the struggles that Brevin Jordan is going through. And look, I understand it. It's still early in this young man's career. But 
when Brevin Jordan first got here with the Texans, we all thought for sure that he would at least help the Houston Texans in the passing game. We all knew that he struggled with his run blocking and his pass protection, and that is something that he still needs to improve on. However, when you go back and you take a look at Brevin Jordan and John, I want to give credit to you because you sort of you, you sort of brought this to my attention during the preseason. He wasn't as productive in the passing game like he was during the second half of, of his rookie campaign. I mean, this is a guy in Brevin Jordan, the first half of the season, he has only caught seven balls for 18 yards. That is terrible, especially when your best attribute is a pass catcher. And look, I must say, I was wrong because I was raving about Brevin Jordan in training camp and he did look good. But at the same time, he is another second year prospect that has taken a step back from the production that we saw last year. And then when you take a look at TQ, you look at a guy who can not only give you something in the passing game, but as you just mentioned, he helps in the run blocking. And what is something Lovey Smith has been harping on ever since the, the arrival of Damian Pierce? He wants this team to be a running football, and he should be because, like I keep mentioning, Damian Pierce should be MVP of this team um, because, as you see, going back to the game against the um, Giants, when the Texans cannot establish the run, it's going to be three and out, three and out, three and out. And as you saw, when the Texans finally had an opportunity to, to go out there and establish a run against the Giants, who was out there on the field? TQ. And it's unfortunate, and I'm not going to say that the Texans should give up on Brevin Jordan. You know, I'm hoping that this is somebody that can, you know, use the second half of the season to continue getting better, work on what he needs to work on, because I still feel he can be very valuable. Maybe we could see um, Brevin Jordan be what they're doing right now with O.J. Howard and um, and Jordan Aikens. By the way, Jordan Aikens, in seven games that he has appeared in as of right now, 272 yards on 27 catches and in the game against the Giants this is a young man 72 yards on three catches which led the he led the team in receptions against the New York Giants but I say all that just to say that Brevin Jordan has now gotten lost in his position group but John this is another this is another example of how TQ is going to overtake Brevin Jordan during the second half of the season and it's unfortunate yeah, and, and I want to kind of mini correct you. Uh, Aikens led the team in receiving yards, uh, not receptions. I think Nico Collins led the team in receptions. Yeah, yeah, so that's not at, receiving yards with um, 72 yards on three catches. Yeah, when we look at Brevin Jordan, I think we can wrap it up in three points mental mistakes, the lack of targets, and passing opportunities, which was his strong suit. So you're not being able to do what you're good at, and he's not valuable in aiding this team in the identity, which is running the ball. Right, getting out there, getting nasty in the trenches, getting a hand on somebody, and those are some of the things that we've seen out of the rookie. And his two featured in games, even dating back to some preseason action and in practice, he doesn't necessarily have those mental mistakes. Uh, he aids this team in their identity right now. That identity is Damian Pierce getting the football. Right, he's going to get his hand on somebody. He's going to, you know, make it difficult for the defender to get to the running back or whoever they're trying to get to. And I don't think that he needs targets. That's not his strong suit. So those targets and passing opportunities will come, but that's at the, the you know the bottom of his list of what he wants compared to Brevin Jordan. That should be at the top of his list, but it's not happening. 
And so, again, for Brevin Jordan, like you mentioned, Cody, you take the second half of the season, you work on things to get better, you work on things in practice, and hopefully that those opportunities come to you because you're still in the contract at the very least until next year. Houston will need bodies, but with this upcoming draft coming up, the tight end position being something that you want to find a valuable tight end for the future, and who knows if Houston has that tight end on the roster, you really want to do whatever you can to separate yourself from the likes of O.J. Howard, who's only signed on a one-year deal, for the likes of Jordan Akers, who I believe the Houston Texans should want back, if not for anything, veteran presence for the following year, for the upcoming season. And so for Brevin, take it personal. That's it. Take it personal. I do want to give you guys some more uh, snap count information. Former Illinois linebacker Jake Hansen played under Lovey Smith, received more playing time against the Giants than what he did against the Eagles with 17 snaps compared to eight. Gary Wallow did not play any defensive snaps on Sunday. The holidays are here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanksgiving is around the corner and prices for food and, and drinks and everything is through the roof. But if you know some sports, and if you're feeling a little lucky, go ahead and download the Prize Pick app. Super easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, which includes the NFL, the NBA, NHL, PGA, college basketball, women's college basketball, women's college soccer, whatever is out there, you can bet on it at prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in less than 60, 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So please download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. And with the holidays around the corner, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering a 50% off their award-winning system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy the advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Simply Safe named the best home security of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Can't beat that, Cody. Listen, with a top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for guests, access your cameras, or adjust the system settings. Don't miss out on your chance to say big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, 
big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I would like to take this time and opportunity to dedicate this show to my Uncle Flip, who just passed away. Love you, man. Until I see you again. Uh, So, really quick, I do want to mention that the Houston Texans, they have an issue, Cody. We talked about in our pregame discussion whether or not it's time to clean house, right? We look at what Lovey Smith has been able to do or what he has been unable to do. The offensive struggles with Pep Hamilton. And I do want to mention that if you go back and look at the Houston Texans on Sunday against the New York Giants, they had an issue on third down defensively. And on third downs, they were caught lacking four times on critical plays. In the third quarter, down seven to three on third and nine. Uh, well, Missed tackle on Jalen Petrie, touchdown. On the third quarter, down 14-10, third and seven. Daniel Jones completes it right across the middle. They move the chains. On third and seven, 14-10, third quarter. Once again, Daniel Jones is able to find uh, one of his men right in the middle between the safety and the linebacker. And in the fourth quarter, down 21-10, Third and 10, seven minutes and 45 seconds left to go. They allowed a big play from Daniel Jones to be converted. He used his legs to pick that up. Cody, do I personally think that it's time to move on and clean house? Partially. But that decision also comes with moving on from your general manager. And I don't believe Nick Asario is going to be moved on just (laughs) yet. I'm more of a keep pep and move on from Lovey Smith kind of guy. But I don't see Mm. Houston bringing in someone who will keep an OC from the previous head coach twice. Remember, Tim Kelly stayed when they brought in David Cully. I don't see another head coach allowing that process to happen. The Mills and Pep experiment has flashes that is as rare as a harvest moon. And I mentioned those fourth quarter issues. I mentioned the 3.3 points in the fourth quarter. I believe they have trust issues and play calling and executing when they have the lead, which is partially why we've seen Davis Mills and his numbers spike when the Houston Texans are down, dating back to last season. Whenever we've seen some of his big games, well, a lot of those times he's either playing from behind and or playing against backup players. Um, one touchdown and 13 first downs when playing with the lead so far this year. That's inexcusable. And, again, I believe this is due to the trust between Pep and Davis Mills. So I'm comfortable with moving on. So am I comfortable for moving on from a handcuffed offensive coordinator? I'm not 100% comfortable with that, and I'll tell you why. The pass to Chris Moore on the out route when he was stopped, I think the ball wasn't even completed. You had Brandon Cooks wide open. The screenplay to, once, once again, I believe it was Chris Moore that, was on third and eight, 39 on Sunday. Well, you had Nico Collins in the scene. How can you blame an offensive coordinator when your quarterback isn't giving your guys the opportunities to make plays? But this isn't just pinpointed to the New York Giants game. No, this is happening throughout the entire season where throws are being predetermined by Davis Mills, where – 
Reads are not being made by David Smith. And then in the end, it's the offense that's struggling because he is not hitting open guys. And defensively, third downs has hurt Houston and cost them in moments where you want your team off the field. Missed tackles. Opponents are nearly averaging nine, nine passing yards on third downs. 6.1 rushing yards on third downs. Both the worst for Houston and opposing quarterbacks are averaging a 102 passer rating on third downs. On third down, between 79 yards, 82 completion percentage, 11.4 yards passing allowed. So 17 out of 17 attempts, nine completions for third downs was converted to first downs. How can we do that? How can we keep Lovey Smith when he had an issue last year and he's having an issue this year? So I'm okay with moving on from Lovey Smith this season. I really am. I think that if you want to do right by Lovey Smith, you bring him into some executive role, similar to what you did with Romeo Cornell. But those num those numbers show that neither side of the ball has been able to make plays when it matters the most routinely. But it's hard to believe Nick Casario will move on from Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton, seeing as those were his decisions. And I've been told several times that what made it difficult for Houston to hire a Jonathan Gannon or Kevin O'Connell was the relationship with previous team members and player relationships around the league. I don't think many guys wants to touch this team, which brings me to my last point. I'm not 100% sure that we'll move on from Levy Smith and Pep Hamilton after this season. I do believe that Houston will invest into a defensive coordinator moving forward. John, this brings me to a conversation that I had a lot this time last year. And it goes back to David Cully. And I'm not about to sit here and take off for Cully in no way, shape, or form. We all know what type of head coach Cully was. But, John, remember my theory that I said if the Texans are not moving forward in their rebuild, you keep David Cully for another season. And here we are, November 5th, entering week 11 of the regular season with Lovey Smith as the head coach. John, I want you to answer this question truthfully listeners viewers i want you guys to tweet us comment in youtube and i want you to honestly ask yourself and tell me has the houston tech or have the houston texans taken any step forward with lovey smith as head coach i don't believe so i think that lovey smith has received more talent but has done less with that. And I think my, that's fair. My point exactly. And it really didn't dawn on me, John. And, and the reason why I brought up David Cully is because so many people are talking about, you know, whether or not they should move on from Lovey Smith and, and Pep Hamilton or just clean house all across the board. And everybody's conflicted because when you take a look at the general manager, Nick Casario, who once again, I give him credit for the talent he has been able to bring in through the draft. Um, you know, free agency, I think this year it, it was better when you take a look at the addition of, of Steve Nelson, Steven Nelson, addition of Jerry Hughes. Um, you know, some of the trades, you know, still hasn't really been, been a hit to say the least. But, you know, I think Nick Asirio has done a, a, a decent job given the hand that he has dealt since he has been the general manager of this team. But so many people are conflicted on whether or not the Texans should clean house with their coaching staff because, this will put, as you know, Nick Asirio in a position to where he would be hiring a new head coach for the third consecutive year. And this is why I kept saying, if you did not feel 
that the Texans were going to take a step forward in your rebuilding process. This is why you should have kept David Cully, give him another year, which, by the way, this time last year, the Houston Texans already had two wins under their belt with David Cully as, as your um, head coach. But you would have had, had an opportunity to go out there and get the head coach that you wanted. Now, you wanted Jonathan Gannon? A source told me that 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 um Jack Easterby wanted Josh McCown. All of a sudden, there's a lawsuit by Brian Flores, and now you got and love. Don't forget Smith. Kevin McConnell, uh, who was doing an amazing job with the Minnesota uh, Vikings, good was job. also in the mix as well. And, and I think Leslie Frazier. My point exactly. So I, I just brought that into the equation because I, I really do think that Nick Casario and the Houston Texans would have been in a better position had they kept David Cully for an additional year, just based off the fact that this team has not moved forward with their rebuild. And this would have given you a, a offseason to get a better coach because Nick Casario, once again, has done a damn good job in the draft done a solid job in free agency, given the hand that he's dealt. And, John, I do agree with you. This team is more talented to where they were last year, which means this would have been a more a, 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 a more pleasing job to head coaches around the league. Say, you know what? I finally want to give the Houston Texans a chance. But I go back to something that John Morera said during Brian's Dayball introductory press conference, and everybody was asking him, are you guys going to move on from Daniel Jones? And I remember he said something. He said, we as an organization have failed Daniel Jones since he got here in 2019. And everybody in New York, from the fans to the, to the media personalities, everybody was ready for them to move on from Jones. And here we are entering week 11 of the regular season. And I'm not about to sit here and say that Daniel Jones is a top 10, top 15 quarterback. But the fact that you finally got the right head call and a, and, a, and, a, and a head coach who knew how to build a system around his quarterback and make him look like a decent quarterback, to say the least. And not only that, you brought in other coordinators that actually has made improvements on both sides of the ball. And that's part of the reason why they are sitting here at seven and two. And like I mentioned on yesterday, John, and I'm going to repeat it again. When you take a look at the New York Giants, it's almost the same damn team. You have a quarterback who is still trying to find his way. You have a damn good run game. Your offensive line is decent. Your defense could be, a, a, you know, better. But because you have a defensive coordinator who is utilizing and playing to the strengths of his players and not being stuck on something that made you one of the best defensive-minded coaches from 20 years ago, the New York Giants are having a good season. Unlike the Texans, who basically have the same amount of talent, they are sitting here at one, what was it, one, one, six, and one now. One, and, seven, and one. Well, one, seven, and one. And I just, I, I feel like when you take a look at the young talents, especially something that you and I talked about a lot here on this show, even the guests that we have, when you take a look at to, the production of Derrick Stanley, like the Houston Texans could be getting so much more out of their players if they had better coaching on the sideline. And once again, look, I'm not one to call for people job, but I feel like Nick Casario and the Texans have handcuffed themselves by the decision they made last year to move on from um, David Cully. Once again, I'm not taking up for David Cully. We all know what type of coach he was, but at the same time, I think that, that that is going to hinder this Texan rebuild even longer. 
it goes back to the optic, the opticals of optics, right? I mean, it doesn't look good that in three years you have three head coaches and three offensive coordinators because no new head coach on the regular basis. Like, I don't think they can afford for it to happen again for you to say this is who your OC is going to be. And that's a problem. And, I, and listen, I'm going to stand firm on if there is a new head coach, there needs to be a new general manager. I'm sorry. Nobody gets that type of a uh, they, 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 nobody gets that type of leeway and pass in the NFL three consecutive years, three consecutive new head coaches. That's my way of thinking. A lot of people has have been given McNair a lot of credit about the decision he has made over the you know last six to eight months, months or whatever. Yeah, he's, been, he's been making hard decisions, and 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 he's been doing pretty good. But if it gets to the point where he's where he's allowing this franchise to move on from Lovey Smith. In order for, for us to truly understand and know, you know what? This man is finally serious about running a real tr- franchise. If he's moving on from Lovey Smith, I hate to say it, Nick Casario has to be with you. Because as That's you mentioned, rough. John, I don't see a situation, any situation, where a general manager has an opportunity to hire not one, not two, but three head coaches in three damn years. I understand this hasn't been the best situation. But you got to at least find some consistency with your players, especially these young players, because if you keep cycling through coaches, eventually that's going to hinder their their development. And then you're going to be in a situation where we're sitting here talking about this person didn't live up to their promise and that person didn't live up to their promise. And I will also say your next head coach or your defense, whoever comes in next needs to have their own identity, not from nowhere else. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Please get mad at us for our takes in that last segment. Please comment, and you guys are crazy. Listen, just last week we told y'all, you know what, maybe 2Q is going to get some more playing time and snaps, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I was thinking that it would be over, you know, O.J. Howard. Cody said Brevin Jordan. Both of those make sense. Help you scratch for Brevin Jordan simply because he doesn't add to what the Houston Texans do good. And TQ increase in playing snaps with the likes of Jordan Akins and OJ Howard out on the field. But I do want to mention the playing snaps once again, Cody. As I mentioned early in the show, Gary Wallow did not see any defensive snaps. Jake Hansen received an increase in playing snaps. Blake Cashman received a decrease in playing snaps. However, whenever he did play, he made a count, had a sack on Sunday. He's a player that I think Houston really needs to showcase as, as well moving forward. But this season, it is what it is. Um, this season is, is a Friday on 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 trash day. It's just, it's just <laughs> garbage. It's just garbage. If you live in good neighborhoods, you know those good suburbs, they come twice, like Monday and Thursday. It's garbage. It's over with. It's hot garbage. Um, and I think that it's time to look towards the future. Got a lot of guys out there in the social media world, texting world, whether it's some media members or people who just love this team doing mock drafts already. And we're in November, mm. right? A lot of teams are gearing up for the playoffs and trying to make a race. Mock draft city is in Houston, not Clutch City. Which, by the way, mock, some of these mock drafts that, I, that I'm seeing online from the fans, it you looks like it looks terrible. I think they look, they're looking pretty decent. Some look good. I've seen some. What the hell are you doing? I was talking to my boy, Baby Blue Drew, yesterday, and he believes that depending on what the Houston Texans get back, they should consider trading one of those first-round picks, uh, trading back from it and, and receiving more assets moving forward. 
Uh, whatever you do, do not trade your number one pick. Oh, you definitely know Nick is going to trade the Browns pick and, you know, get more. Honestly, I don't think they should do that either unless you feel confident that the player, which whatever team you're going to swap with, there's a player that's going to be available that you really like at that pick. But for Houston, Cody, I'll put this out there. And listeners and viewers, you please comment as well. Is it time to start prioritizing playing time for other players over some of the players we've seen out there routinely. For instance, Christian Kirksey played in the majority of the defensive snaps on Sunday, but is it time to see more of Jake Hansen? Is it time to see more of Blake Cashman, who, again, you know, he's a free agent of acquisition during this offseason. Uh, I think Houston needs to see more of him because he could leave this – or is he through – but either, either way, for the future, is it time to see what you already have on this roster in order to see who – it's time to move on from. Well, of course, because at this point in the second half of the season, you know, and I know a lot of people looking towards the future into, you know, the draft and trades and free agency and all this other good stuff about helping your team. But at the same time, we have to keep in mind that this is still a team that is still in the early stages of the rebuild. And you have to go out there and allow some of these young players to go out there on the field, showcase what they can do, because even if they're not in your long-term plans, you can, this is that could still be a player that you could use in the short term to improve this roster moving forward. Because, you know, in 2023, this is a franchise that has to take a step forward in their rebuild. They cannot continue to still be the this same team for the third consecutive year. So I would say without a doubt, you go out there and, and allow these young guys to go out there and play, help with their development, and hopefully that can help you be better next season. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. And follow me on Twitter at John or Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.